Happy Wednesday, Spirit and Truth Church family. This is Sarah Koppel, First Lady of Spirit and Truth Worship Center, and it's just such a beautiful day. It's about 68 degrees. We've had some misting weather and rainy weather the last couple days, and I know we're going to go back up to 90 degrees, but for these few days, it feels like a beautiful fall September day. I grew up in Michigan and I look forward to September. It was coat weather in Michigan. When you got to September, you knew you're going to have some chilly days going back to school, wearing coats and working our way towards those first snows, the end of October and November. And by Thanksgiving, we were well buried in snow. So I look forward to cooler days because I guess my childhood, I don't need to go back and live in the snow, but I do like those crisp, cool days and rainy days that we get every now and then here in Southern California. On our biblical podcast today, I'm going to talk about friendships, on developing friendships that last. And that's one of the beautiful things about the family of God, about being a part of the church, is there's so many opportunities to develop lifelong friends. I can look at people today who have been friends for 20, 30 years that as a pastor's wife, I saw a new person come in the church and noticed that they were by themselves. And I would go to someone that I knew and trusted and knew was a good friend to people. And I would say, would you mind taking so-and-so under your wing? Let them sit with you in church. They're new. And now they consider themselves best friends 10, 20, however many years later. And they were introduced in the auditorium, during a service, at an altar call, and they became lifelong friends. And some people, they're easy to make friends, and other folks, they seem to struggle with it, and they feel alone, and maybe their temperament is to be shy. Um, Maybe they've been through some trauma in their life, and they're afraid to reach out to other people. And what I'm talking to you about today, I just want to remind you of how important it is to have your friends in your life, to work that avenue of your life. And it takes effort. For families to stay close, it takes effort. For families to be connected and warm, somebody has got to be the facilitator. There's usually somebody that is a connector in that family that makes sure people get together. Many times it's a mother. Mother cooks meals and has everybody over over on Sunday. Could be a a sister who, or a brother, anybody that the family gravitates around and they call people and they, and if that person was not there, the family would go their separate ways because they forget that you have to put an effort into being a friend. It doesn't just happen. Warm families, warm friendships, all of that. It is like being a gardener. You have to till and work the garden and put your effort in to grow good friendships. Our key verse today is going to be from Proverbs 18 and 24. A person who has friends must show themselves friendly. There is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I love that scripture. I memorized that many years ago because, believe it or not, I'm naturally a shy person. It's not easy for me to be the first person to go up and say hello. And I learned that, you know what, if I want to have friends, I've got to learn and develop the ability to be friendly, to show myself friendly. And this is the wisest man on earth who wrote the book of Proverbs, Solomon. Solomon taught that the man that is going to have friends, well, first of all, you have to be friendly. 
In the book of Samuel, we heard about the friendship between King David and Jonathan. King Saul was Jonathan's father. David married Jonathan's sister. Even when that whole thing fell apart, when the marriage between David and Michal fell apart, she was a bitter, sarcastic wife to David. The friendship with David and Jonathan was a bond. They were close friends. Jonathan was heir to the throne. He was the prince. He should have been the next in line, but God chose to skip over Jonathan as good a person as he was. God put the anointing on David to be the next king, and Jonathan stayed loyal. Now, is that not a wonderful example of a friend that even though Jonathan, the right heir to the throne, the prince was skipped over, and the blessing and the anointing for kingship went over to David, Jonathan gave his loyalty to David. He was his armor bearer. He went with him to battle. He stayed by his side. He kept his loyalty because he was that kind of a man, that his character was so strong that he stayed loyal to David. That's the number one for me. For a friend, I need a loyal friend. I need someone that I can trust, that can rejoice with me in good times and not be jealous, who can weep with me in sad times and and be there with me when I need someone by my side. The Lord knew who would need each other through life, and he gave David Jonathan as a best friend. Even when Jonathan's dad hated David and wanted to kill him, he was a loyal friend. Anything good in life takes great effort. You don't have a garden if you're not willing to plant the seed. And then it's not just enough to plant the seed. You've got to pull those weeds out. You've got to water it every day. You have to nurture it and put some vitamins into it. To have a crop, to have fruit in your life, nothing happens by accident. If you see someone with a lot of fruit in their life and they look like, wow, they have a great life. I wish I had all the friends they had and all the joy they have. And the, you know what? They've worked really hard. That did not come easy. You don't just get these things, these precious things in life like relationships and friendships by accident. Relationships take initiative. You have to reach out. You have to act. You have to do something to have a relationship that is healthy and nurturing and godly, which I believe is not is a word we need to look to. A relationship that is godly, that stays the course for your lifetime through every situation, someone who prays for you. Being vulnerable. The number one word and anything good in life, um, my husband always says it is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. Reaching out to others is a risk because you, you might, maybe you're going to get turned down. Maybe they're not going to warm up to you. But you need to be the kind of person that you're friendly. You go speak to people. And sometimes people may come off a little offstandish because they're shy. And after a while, you grow on each other. And you find out a little bit more about them behind the wall that they built for whatever reason. What are some things that you can do to have great friends? As I said, be willing to take initiative. Number two, be willing to reach out to those who are lonely on their own. I always try to notice that. I look around and I try to find someone who's alone and I start nurturing that person. I start speaking to that person. When you give of yourself to other people, your tank is going to get filled. When you fill someone else's tank and you share love with somebody else, that love is going to be like a boomerang 
that was invented in Australia. It's like a frisbee that you throw out, shaped like a hook, and it comes back to you. You can play frisbee by yourself. Now, and that's not the example for friendship, but I'm just saying that when you invest in other people, it will come back to you. Another point, number three, is learn to make conversation. That's one of the tricks right there is just have some things you learn to ask people. I found out so much about people. One thing I like to ask people is, what is your hobby? I try to ask them something interesting about themselves, get them talking, and then I remember their name. I remember about them because I'm like, oh, yeah, she likes to sing. She likes to interior decorate. She likes to hike. It helps me remember the person. And when you talk to someone about themselves, when you learn to make conversation, they'll, they'll start talking. You can, When you start asking people and act like you're interested in them, you're going to ignite something inside of them. So learn how to talk, even if that's not your natural. Develop that skill. Number four, always have a friendly smile. My dad taught me that. Every day when he would drive me to school, he would say, don't forget to smile. Nobody wants to see a long face. And if you just freeze your face instead of in the worried look and a pinched look and a, you know, distracted, other people can look and say, ooh, they're mad or they're giving me a glare. And you don't even see them because your mind is somewhere else. But you give off a vibe of not being friendly when you don't learn to smile. So just practice having a friendly hello. That's all it takes. Saying hello to people, greeting people, um, to put, get out of yourself, your shell, and be sure to speak. All It takes so little to be friendly. Just say hello. Just smile. That's all you have to do. And when you carry yourself that way and you don't carry your moods on your sleeves or you had a bad day or you're going through something, instead of carrying that on your shoulders, brush it off, get a little lighter, have a friendly disposition and a smile, and people are going to be attracted to you. Number five, be patient and give friendship time to grow. The one thing you can't be is impatient. If you have unrealistic expectations about other people, they should do this. They should call me. They should invite me out. They should invite me to their house. When you have impatience and unrealistic expectations, nobody's speaking to me. Nobody's friendly to me. You go through that mindset. That's just going to repel people and not attract people. But when you get patience and you you say, you know, when they didn't respond to me, I'm I'm pretty sure they're probably really going through something. They're really busy. And you'll find out. I text a friend to let them know I couldn't come to uh, an event that they were having and they didn't respond. And I didn't take offense because I know everybody's busy and maybe they didn't see it. And a few days later, I got a text back, pray for my child there in the hospital. And I realized they're just overwhelmed right now. That event is not the, the most important thing on their mind. They're concerned about a, uh, one of their family members their health and being in the hospital. So be patient and give someone the benefit of the doubt. If they don't respond the way you want them to respond, don't give up and don't be impatient and have these expectations of how someone's supposed to act. Get to know them on their terms. And you might be surprised the grumpiest person might have a really funny side on the other side of that what you perceive that you know about them when you really find out who they are. So get to know them. 
And also, if you have a good disposition, you might rub off on a grumpy person and they might change just because of your friendship in their life. Um, Really practical. Number six, join a life group. Find a ministry to serve in. We're never lonely. I'm going to tell you that it's there's a lot of room at the top. The highway below where people are on the highway of self, it's packed. It's wall to wall. But where you serve and where you get involved and where you step out of the crowd, guess what? Number one, we're not lonely up here. We're busy. We're with people. We're nurturing people. So if you find a place to serve where you lead other people or you interact with other people or you work with other people, you attend a life group, those are places where you're going to find those lifelong friends. And it takes effort. You got to schedule that into your life. You got to push aside your anxiety and your worry and your stress and say, I don't have time. I don't have time to serve. I don't have time to join a group or a hobby or a sport or whatever it is. Those are the places where you're going to find some great people, people who will share the journey with you. Number seven, don't get discouraged if you don't click with everyone right away or even at all. Sometimes there's people that you just will never click with. You have an experience with them. You try to get to know them. They're in your group. Maybe there's several people in a group of friends and you try to get to know them and they just don't gel with you. Don't become discouraged. Don't feel bad about yourself. Don't feel like it's something you've done wrong. Just some personalities don't always gel. And that's just that. It doesn't mean that you can't find a friend that does gel with you. That's just human nature. There's a quote that says, your vibe will attract your your tribe. So there's some people, they're not living my kind of life. I mean, I don't understand their lifestyle or their values or the way they do things in life or their interest. And it's just so opposite of me that we just, they're not, they're not my vibe or my tribe or whatever else. You will attract your vibe and your tribe when you put yourself out there. Those are some ways to find friends and make friends. Let's talk about what it means to be a friend. What is the character of being a true godly friend to someone? Number one, and I think very important, is be confidential and trustworthy. Avoid gossip and those who gossip to you because those who gossip to you can also gossip about you. So just wonder why they're telling you things. There's people that have tried to tell me stuff about other people in our group or, or, and I would tell them and they would look at me like I was from another planet. And I would say, you know what? I really don't want to hear that. I don't want to know anything that if it's not positive, because if they want me to know what you're going to tell me, they can come tell me themselves. Otherwise I don't want to know. I just don't, I don't need that in my mind, in my heart. I'm not a part of the solution. And if they want me to know, they'll call me and they'll tell me. And they look at dumbfounded, like, You don't want to hear smack? No, I don't want to hear smack. Because if they're comfortable to come to you with that, guess what? They'll be comfortable to do it about you. So respect the confidence of those that you are seeking to be friends with. There's people through the years that they look like an unlikely friend to me and I'm loyal to them because they've been loyal to me. There's other people that maybe they think they're my friend, but I know to watch everything I say because what has gone I've talked to them about before, has come back to me through another door, and I learned to never open up again. So being confidential and trustworthy is number one on my list. That's what I put at the very top. Uh, 
Number two, be loving and thoughtful. Watch how you speak. Even if you're friends, some people like to be sarcastic and funny and jab and blah, blah, blah and run their mouth. That's kind of cute. And maybe some people like it. But to be a lasting friend, watch how you speak. Because after a while, that does get tiresome to be constantly ribbed and teased. And that's not a really loving, thoughtful, that's kind of a provoking attitude to someone. And there's a time and a place if you're having a party and you're playing card game and you're talking crazy, that's fine. But not to be that way all the time. Have some, you know, some levelness to you. Not always be just buzzing in the clouds. High energy, you know, thoughtful of a person's time, thoughtful of their of their personality type. And some people you can be different with just based on their personality. Um, number three. If you want other people to open up to you, then we have to, to be a good friend, we have to be open and transparent. You have to let people inside to your real self, to your inner sanctuary. Um, I know a lot of people that have, they're split. They have two lives. They have one they show you and then they have a private life and they keep everybody outside and they want you to share. They want to hear your stories. They want to know your biz, but they don't share and they put a front on. And that's a shallow friendship. You can't go very deep with that. So if you really want to get lifelong deep friendships, you got to be willing to be real, open, transparent. Number four, be respectful and be a boundary keeper. How do you show respect? I think that's so important to show respect to other people and be a boundary keeper. That means you listen without interrupting. You share the floor. You let them talk and and you're not just talking and no end to your talk on the phone and you talk for a complete hour and the other person never said a word and then you're like, okay, I'm done, bye. And you did not let there be any give and take. After a while, that's going to wear out. Don't borrow money. Don't borrow things. I know that might sound strange to you. The Bible teaches strongly that the borrower is subject or a slave to the person that they borrow from. And if you lose that item or if you don't repay that item, my dad taught all of us to avoid, even the church people, avoid borrowing like a plague if you want to keep your relationships good. Be self-sufficient. Take care of yourself. Don't covet what they have. Hey, can I borrow that dress? I love that dress so much. Well, that's coveting. That's envy. If you borrow that and something happens to that, things or you borrow money. I know people through the years that have lost their friendships because of borrowing money and not repaying it. So don't go into business. It might sound cute and fun. I've seen fabulous friendships go haywire. There again, that's another value that my father taught the church. Don't go into business with another church person. It sounds great. Oh, we know each other. We trust each other. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. If you want to keep a, a friendship, keep your boundaries clear. Respect their family time. Respect their home time. Don't focus on their weaknesses and judging them. Focus on the good parts because to be respectful of someone, the closer you get, you're going to see their weaknesses. You're going to see their flaws. You're going to see the things that you wouldn't do that they do, blah, blah, blah. But when you focus on those negatives and judgmentalism and you feel like I'm their friend now, I can judge them. I can say this and say that you're going to kill the good parts of your friendship. So stay respectful and stay a boundary keeper. Number five on what kind of character 
does a true friend have is yes, we bear each other's burdens. We are each other's lifter and confidant. And when you speak, speak the truth in love. True friendships are a sounding board. True friendships do keep us from falling when we're getting weak or comfort us or tell us when we need to hear that word from the Lord that's strong, that is into our hearts. And you got to be close enough to your friends that they can come and pray for you and speak to you and say, man, I've noticed lately that you seem to be really going under. And they might save you from yourself. They might save you from a flaw. We got to be able to allow them to be true speakers. But when we speak the truth and help each other, we do it in love. Save them maybe from making a big mistake, giving them advice on things, but do it in a godly, loving way. And the last one that I I want to point out about how to be a good friend, what character does a good friend have, is avoid jealousy and exclusivity. When you have jealousy and you have exclusivity, it's a toxin. It's dangerous. It's like hugging dynamite. When you're jealous of someone that you say is your friend, if you if they post something fabulous going on and you're like, Ugh, and you can't feel good about it, there's something there. If you see them, oh, they went out with so-and-so and so-and-so and some kind of thing wells up inside of you with, they're my friend. I don't want them stealing my friend. That's going to be a block to be in a, a good true friend to someone else. Jealousy is toxic. Throw that thing out. We don't need that. The bigger the group, the safer it is. Including more people. When you go one-on-one with somebody and they got to be your best friend and nobody else, that is not a healthy environment. When you can be generous with your friendship and open and invite another family to come in with you or another friend to go with you, That's a healthy friendship that can stand the test of time with two healthy individuals and not codependent, not needy, not smothering, not selfish. So avoid the pitfall of jealousy. And what to look for in other friends? What what do you look for? What do I look for to find a good friend? Number one is similar values. They should encourage you in the Lord. They should inspire you to be great. They should make you want to be better. And when you talk, it's like, man, I left there feeling uplifted. Not lead you astray, not make you feel icky and talk about negativity and just bring the whole mood down. Iron sharpens iron. That's what the Bible said. So we should make each other sharper and and better by being together. So I want people that have similar values. They speak on good things. They uplift Number two, common interest. There's a lot of things. Some people like someone really sporty. That wouldn't be me. If you love to hike and and canoe and all of that, I have done it. It's not my favorite thing to do. I'm not the sportiest person in the world. And I know for some people that would probably be high on their thing. Man, I need somebody who's really sporty. If you like to decorate and do artistic things and go thrift shopping, honey, I'm your gal. Find someone who has common interest. Music. Music people gravitate to one another. They can just spend hours playing music and thinking about songs. Um, There's construction. We've had several for five or six years straight. Our construction crews would go to Guatemala to work on the orphanage and they had a blast and their friendships deepened over tools and building and it was a ministry. 
So find common interests. That's one way to make great friends. Even if you look like the most unlikely friends, the quietest person with the loudest person, when you have a common interest, you can make a friendship. Number three, look for likability. They are warm. They respond back. When you reach for them, they reach back. It's kind of hard to make a friend with somebody who's running the other way, who has their back to you, who doesn't respond, who, you know, goes the other way. The likability has got to be there. You've got to feel that warmth. You've got to feel that click, that kinship, that kindred spirit. So if you, if you find someone who's warm and responsive, that's going to make a good friend. Number four, which is very important, is consistency. Consistency is so valuable. They stay the course of time year after year after year. They're consistently dependable as a friend. You can depend on them. You trust them. You know you can set your clock. When they give you their word, they're not going to be flighty and up this time and down, or they're not going to use you. Oh, I needed you for a room, or I needed you for this or that. Or Your usefulness was only, and your friendship was only as long as your usefulness was. If you can't do a certain thing for them anymore, then boom, they're gone. No, I, I value and appreciate consistency. They're not hot. They're not cold. They're not moody. I'm very afraid of moody people. That's just not my gift to chase moody people. Um, some people, maybe it doesn't bother you because maybe you had a parent who was moody. So for you, you're just like, no problem. I can chase a moody person, but I'm, it kind of scares me. So I'm not a fan of it. Um, consistency. Put that word in your mind, even for yourself, is being consistent there year after year after year and someone that they can count on for the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs. And it can last. If you hurt someone, you have to reconnect. There's a there's a connection that has to be made and somebody's got to be brave enough to reach out and reconnect and say, you know what, we've we've had a disappointment here. We've had a disconnect. Let's talk about it. Let's see how we can fix this. And if you talk, communication permits progress. Communication is everything. Being willing to have those conversations is everything. I'm going to close with Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 11. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the one who falls and no one is there to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep each other warm. But how can one person keep warm alone? And that's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 11. We need others to keep us warm when the nights are cold. And I'm speaking of that theoretically, spiritually. There's times you go through dark times in your life where you need the warmth of another person's light. And you need someone to pick you up when you fall down. We all need that in our life. All through the Bible, we hear all these examples of great friendships. Jesus with Lazarus and just all Timothy, all the way through the Bible. There's people that we have examples of that that Christ valued friends. He valued people. So I want to encourage all of you to get involved jump in the church, make your friend group. I I call my friend group my adopted family. You can be just as close to your adopted family, those people that you pick in your friend group to be aunts and uncles and cousins and 
mamas and pops and sisters and brothers. I love that we call each other brother and sister at our church because I feel that way. I love that I can call my sisters at the church sister so-and-so. I love it. Brother. That's an endearing. In many Middle Eastern cultures, there's an endearment at the end of a name. How they they have an attachment to the end of a person's name, which means dear one. And in a spiritual sense, our titles don't separate us. They make us warmer. Aunt and uncle, mom and dad, brother and sister. Those things are endearments that add a, a, a dearness to our hearts. So brothers and sisters, church family, church friends, I love you. And I pray that you will make everlasting friendships that will last you till we all step over into heaven and reach out, find someone who's lonely that you can invest in, make a friend, teach your kids to make friends, have a great week, and let's enjoy life together at Spirit and Truth Worship Center. Thank you.